Welcome to Stories from the Pitch, a podcast dedicated to creating a living oral history about street performing and some of the crazy characters who populate this world. I'm Magic Brian, your host for this growing collection of interviews. In this episode, Al Miller got together with yo-yo guy John Higby. Not only do they meet up at festivals around the world, but for many years they shared a home pitch together in Boston. John takes Al through his career path that includes his start at the Denver Busker Fest, traveling around the world entertaining the troops, the formation of the yo-yo people, an act he performs with his wife Rebecca, his Guinness World Records, and his many and varied television appearances. He also talks about his influences, one of them being the gym show. He and I'll talk about Jim's crowd build. If what they are talking about isn't entirely clear, I encourage you to listen to Jim's bio episode, which is episode 84, where he and Mike Wood talk about it. And now, here's Alan John. All right, so we're sitting here with John Higby in Burlington, Vermont. Woo. Festival of Fools. It's August 3rd, 2018. Yes. John Higby, the yo-yo man. Here What's he is. Up? The bearded yo-yo man. That's right. Yeah, like four people today didn't recognize me. Really? Then, yeah, like Dominique and Martin. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like, it's a John Higby. <laughs> <They're> like... <laughs> but I did have a hat, glasses, and a beard. Right, right. So It's me. It's the yo-yo guy. Remember me? Yeah. My bow ties? I mean, I'm from Alaska, so the beard, I feel like, kind of matches. So like, you grew up there? Yeah, I was born near Seattle, then when I was three, we moved up there um, until I was, like, uh, 12, and I moved back to Seattle. Right. Yeah. Cool. That's a pretty good amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, basically. What's it like? It's like, it's like the wilderness? We lived in the city, or? Yeah, I lived kind of outside of Anchorage, so, which is the biggest city, um, but did a lot of stuff like in hardcore nature with my dad I feel that like the people in Alaska what I like yeah I've always felt like um every time I'm in, I'm in Canada can kind of connect it's similar yeah okay like Canadian. I even say it in my show like right. I feel Canadian and right it gets a laugh right but it is it's like a definitely a slower pace kind of like in New Zealand mm. kind of that easy going yeah yeah you meet someone and they like invite you to stay at right, their house. Right, right. Yeah, come for dinner, have a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah just a slower time. Yeah. Basically. It's like still the 50s. And then there. the whole thing of like the winter, you know, there's like no daylight. Right. So I feel like it kind of made me become an artist. Right, right. And then the summer, it's like old, old midnight daylight. sun. Yeah. Whoa. And I always feel like in July, it's like so intense. Like I have all these crazy gigs and I'm like driving across the country. And I feel like it's because growing up in Alaska, it was like July comes around and it's like, you have to do it all. You gotta do it all. there's only two right. months of wow. summer. And so, yeah, you just pack it in. Right. And so I feel of, that in Canada, actually, when I'm up there. Like, yeah. that's why I think the festivals up there are so good, is because it's so cold most of the time. That's true. And then, like, when as soon as it comes, like, June, it's like, people are just like, yes! Right. Do they shit. need it. You gotta get outside, watch street performance. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. yeah. It's like a miracle. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And do you do yo-yo as a kid? Yeah. So when I was 11, my grandpa got me into it. Um... He just, like, taught me how to do a few tricks, and he had, like, an old Duncan in the right. package. Right. It's from, like, the 60s. Right, 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 right. 
So that was probably like 1986 right. in Portland, Oregon. Did he know any tricks? Yeah, he knew yeah. how to sleep it and walk the dog. Right. And it was a good yo-yo. I still have it. Um, he tuned pianos and organs for 65 years. Oh, wow. He's a really cool guy. Yeah. Cool. And how did you learn more tricks? Like, there was no internet. Right? Um, yeah, you... I literally, like, sent the dollar away for the trick book. Oh, right on. The Duncan trick book. Right. But then I got it, and it was all, like, drawings. Oh, no way. The instructions. Uh... And it was so hard to learn. Like, the UFO is just, like, a drawing of the yo-yo on the side. What? Did not understand. <laughs> so I did learn a few tricks from that, but... Right. Uh... Was anyone else into it? I think I got some friends into it, but yeah. For so for like seven years, I got I just did like the same tricks. Right. But then yeah, I started finally meeting other people, and uh, I met this guy at my high school prom actually, Mighty oh, yeah. Mo the Yo-Yo Pro. <laughs> Mighty Mo the Yo-Yo Pro. Yeah, I actually didn't go to the prom, but just went to the after prom so I could see him. Right. He's like an old school demonstrator, and he actually turned out to be really cool. He's like from Egypt mm. and he has like a big beard but uh yeah he was doing the two handed tricks and I was just like uh, I gotta learn that yeah right and he had Blue like mind. good yo-yos that you couldn't get anywhere and so right. I bought some from him mm. so yeah that kind of like got it started yeah and I remember I, when I was a kid uh the Coca-Cola came out with yo-yos for sure and we all had to have the Coca-Cola super spin yo-yo yeah. And then, I don't know, big. they were giving them away when you bought, like, a liter or two liter. Right. You know, and I was always bugging my mom, I want the Coca-Cola Super Spin. And now I have them. Yeah, you yeah. Gave them to I me. found them all in Australia at my mom's house. And, and I'm like, ET I, think, I think John Higby would like these. So I bagged them up and brought them home. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. You say you got quite the collection still? I used to have a huge collection, and then after we had kids, it was like, it just didn't make sense. I no? I sold most of it. Right. eBay? But, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> um, but I still have, like, some really cool old ones, including the first yo-yo that was, like, in the United States called a Flores. It's like, mm. from the 20s. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. And some old tin whistlers from the yeah. 20s. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I kept, like, my favorites. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And they all work pretty good? Um, yeah, I mean, the old, the really old ones are a bit hard to use, but... And uh, anything else you were doing as a kid? Like, the, like, like you know, um, obviously not juggling or anything, but other, other things like that? Just doing a lot of drawing and, like, cartoons right. and stuff, which I still do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't really see, like, any kind of performance. Right. At all. So you moved back to Seattle. Yeah. And then what, did you start seeing people there, or what? Um, I did see an act, like a limbo guy, and I think he did pass the hat, but it was like in a park at a festival, hmm. and he had like a a drummer, like a full kit. Right. And like, and he just danced and did like, you know, a 12-inch limbo in the end. Right, right, right. It was right. awesome. That's cool. But then, uh, yeah, I saw Zip Code Man and Boulder... He's your first. Yeah, nine, like 92, That's 91. crazy that he's your first street performer. Yeah, I took a bus to Boulder, never been. Just from, walked from Seattle? Right up. No, I moved back to uh, Denver um, my last year of high school to uh, live with my mom. Right. Yeah, I moved around a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was the first street show, and I said my zip code, 
yeah. nine five oh seven, which yeah. is Anchorage, Alaska. Right. And uh, I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> he was juggling, and then he did the zip codes. I was just blown away. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, did you initially like think, "Oh, wow, maybe I could do that," or? It's... Um, in a way, like, yeah, I started performing around that time, kind of at schools and stuff. How old were you then? Like seventeen. Right. Yeah, like and gigs then, or or just going and doing a yeah program. a little bit like at grocery stores and stuff right. like totally weird and like preschools yeah. some of them were free yeah. but yeah I would get a paid gig every once in a while and then my mom saw an ad for the Denver Busker Fest right it's like call for artists right and I got in you got in first try yeah and it was like all like the best street performers right. in the world at what that year time. was that ninety Three, I think. Wow, that's like a long Master time. Yeah. Lee. Yeah. Um, Avatar. Did you ever see him? No. Nope. He was like a magician. I didn't go to Denver probably till like '99 or 2000. Right. Yeah. And then it only lasted like a few. A few more years. years. Yeah, I think I went three times before it was done. It was like ten year run. Yeah. So good. Wow. So huge. And uh, so that was your first experience street performing was at Denver Busker Fest. Yeah, and my show was kind of like the feeling of a close-up magic show. Right. Like a Close-up yo-yos. Yeah. Because right. I was just doing, you know, kind of small tricks. Yeah. So it was literally like at street corners they right, would have right. me. Yeah, that's cool. But it's nice that they brought you in. Yeah, seeing the big shows. Yeah. Like once I saw that, I was like hooked. Yeah. So Master Lee, Avatar, who else? Like Reed Bellstock, he was a big right. influence. Yeah, like, yeah. And you, what, you did it a few years in a row, or what? Yeah, then I had just, I just did it every year. Like, right. For some reason, Al Kreiser, like, liked me. Right. And I just tried to work on my act. I always wanted to, like, make my show, like, a big show, like yeah. all the guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you do any other street performing other than that? Yeah, I tried, I did Boulder. Right. But, yeah, no amp, and it was a bit rough. And who was there? Was anyone there helping you out? Not helping me out, really, I guess. Um, there's, like, a guy named Evan from Heaven, Zip Code Man, Kenneth Lightfoot. Okay, yeah. Johnny Fox. Right, nice. But, you know, they were all, like, so good, and, yeah. you know, I was just starting out. Right, right, right. So I'd kind of work, there's that main spot, and there's one, like, halfway up. Yeah. Yeah, like by the booth or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. a little bit smaller. Yeah. I would try that one. Um... But yeah, mostly just every summer I'd do the Denver Busker Fest. That was kind of like the first gig of the year right. <laughs> type of thing. Yeah, yeah, it was too. It was in June or something, wasn't it? Yeah, like yeah. last weekend of June. Yeah. Ah, cool. Yeah, it was a great gig, man. Holy yeah. crap, big shows. That was the really big, big one in America. Oh, so big. What happened to it? Just ran out of money or what? I think the last year they... Um, this thing happened where it rained and they had insurance and it was like a quarter of an inch short of getting like the policy and it they lost all this money or uh, some reason like that i don't right. really know but i know that had something to do with it the sponsors and yeah it was a bummer so it was like 2004 or something i think like 2002 oh right right yeah it's like down on I forget the name of the street, but there was just enormous shows. Uh, Skyline 16th Park. Street and, Mall. Yeah. yeah. 
16th Street Mall, yeah. Yeah, and the pavilion. Yeah. Yeah, that was my favorite spot. Huge. Yeah. Like balcony. The balconies, like three floors of balconies and yeah. full like 360 edge down below. Yeah, I remember so the cool. Calypso Tumblr saying, all right, the balcony, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't even done the trick. <laughs> the balcony. <laughs> it's like 20 minutes of passing the hat. Yeah. It's torture. Yeah. That was insane. Yeah, I remember seeing those guys play like the whole block. Yeah, it was just huge. They would just keep pushing people back, pushing people back, and literally their pitch was like, I don't know, 80, 80 yards long. Just right. the whole side of one street, the whole side of the other street, and then two little edges on the road on each end, and then they would just flip, two of them just flip all the way. That's right. That was the finale. They would just do back handsprings a whole way. Like... 30, 50 back handsprings in a row <laughs> right. together, you know. And that's that, I mean, that's a killer show. finale. Holy yeah. shit. I love how they would talk in unison, too. That was really right. cool. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's totally copied now by every breakdance show. Yeah. Time is it? Showtime? You know? Fill they the were bucket. so unique, though. Yeah. They really real. were great. Yeah, Denver. They would just show up even if they weren't booked, right? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like Ibashi, I always remember him doing it every year. You know, yeah, like the local acts that were good. You know. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of cut your teeth out there in Pearl Street and Buskerfest. Yeah, and definitely the Denver Buskerfest, and then I think like '97. Yeah, do you have a Finkel. job or something though? Did we do we we perform full time? Um, I was a sign maker at like a Whole Foods mm. for like a year. Right, right, but right. But then after that, I just started, yeah, performing and so, doing art. And uh, it'd be worked in like a magic shop or something. Rebecca did. Rebecca did. You yeah. were, used to go in there and do shows or something. Yeah, they had like a yo-yo class right. at the Wizard's Chest. Cool. And so that's where you met Rebecca. Was that that's before you started coming to Boston or? Yeah, I met her in 2001. And you said Dick Finkelsoya somewhere? Or? I think he called me because of Al Kreiser's recommendation. Right. I was 97, and then so I booked that, and then St. John, Sydney, and Halifax. Right. Like all of it. Yeah. It was like a whole summer. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, I didn't even have an amp. Right. Like, I remember going up and being like, I have to get an amp. And I ordered a Long Ranger right. that was delivered, like, to, to one the of the festivals. Right, right, right. And nice. it, like, changed my show. Yeah. Um, yeah, the gym show was there. That blew my mind. He was yeah. so good. Yeah. So tight. Totally. Alex the Jester. There was all these great acts. It was in the park. It was in the grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did it once when it was the grass yeah. pitch. Yeah. In Edmonton, I was—I think I was ninety-eight. I think I did that, or maybe ninety-nine. I forget. Yeah. So that summer really changed just my whole outlook. Just seeing all, all the these pros. acts. Yeah. yeah. The Invisible Men too. Oh. Did the, you ever see them? Yeah. The, uh, the puppet guys. No, they did like a mime show. It was mm. all like really short segments. Like they do singing in the rain with a water bottle on the umbrella. Oh, right on. It's like really tight. Yeah. No, that was like one of my favorites, and I made—I was just like really good friends with them. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was like Ottawa Busker Fest for me. Like I was in Ottawa, like went there for Canada Day or something, and then Ottawa Busker Fest was on at some point, and 
uh, I met the organizer and he was like, yeah, you may, I can maybe get you on like after the shows are done or up the top or whatever, somewhere yeah. off. <laughs> it was great. Went up there and then I saw, like, I saw all these acts, these pros, you know? Yeah. It was just totally mind-blowing. Like, Jim was there. Flying Bob was there. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, like, Bartow and... I don't know. It was just cool. It was just cool to see all that. Like, oh, they've got their name on their suitcase. Like, right. what? what's that all about? <laughs> they got websites and... Yeah, it, it is mind-blowing. It's like, oh, shit, you kind of leave you go, wow, you can actually not just be a street performer, you know? You can be a street performer who gets all, like, booked at Buskerfest. Right. It's cool. Yeah, that's so inspiring. That's really what's kept me going this whole time is just all of the other performers. Yeah. It's just amazing. It still amazes me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's just so many new ones, too. I'm I'm amazed how often I'm inspired by someone who's brand new, who, like, you know, that's I've cool. never seen before. Nice. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. So, uh, so yeah, you're out there, you're doing, you did a couple of festivals that year, and, and what happened from there? You, you decided to move, when did you decide to move to Boston? Um, right after I met Rebecca, so like 2001. Right. Because I'd met you out in Denver maybe once or twice. Yeah, I saw you in Boulder. Oh, in Boulder too. Right. Yeah, it was like you had come a few days early. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had me. They had me for come out for like promotional stuff. Right. They wanted they me to preview. do like preview show here, this thing there, and so I was like, I'll come out and I'll with Boulder for a week or whatever. Yeah. You. I watched your show and I was just like blown away. Oh really? <laughs> you had the spiky helmet and the little bicycle. Yeah, and yeah, just yeah. Like, and then who, also who was there was um, Lurk. Yeah. Working like half a block uh -huh. on his own space. Yeah. And I was like, had never seen yeah. anything like that. I was hanging out with Martin that whole time. But yeah, yeah, that was really cool to see him. It was cool because I was standing in Boulder and Al Kreiser would send like a town car to pick me up uh. and go and do these <laughs> spots in Denver and then send me back in this town car. I was like, awesome. I was like, America! <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you had good shows there in Boulder. Yeah, I remember doing pretty good in Pearl Street. I feel like you had an amp and no, even though you weren't allowed, like you nah. just had one. No, nah, I don't think so. Maybe you not. can't use one there, right? Yeah, I, I mean, feel I, like that's why I remember it. There was a few years in the beginning I didn't use an amp. Like I just, I just did it old school. That's kind of how I learned was just you know projecting. Right. So I didn't. I think it was David Aiken that said to me, "You should get an amp." I was like, "Why?" He's like, "Well, if someone can't hear you say your hat pitch, how are they going to give you money? If twi <laughs> if everyone hears your hat pitch, you're going to make double the money." And I was like. Okay. You know what? You're right. <laughs> so that, like, probably that next week, I bought an amp can and a little Shure microphone. Oh, nice. Yeah, but that's how that's how just how it was back then. You know, not a lot of people used them. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and before that summer, I had done a DOD tour for the military. Oh. And it was my first time to like travel. Dungeons and Dragons. No, like <laughs> Department of Defense. Oh, right. <laughs> So it entertained troops. So I went to Turkey, Italy, and Spain wow. for like three months. Doing yo-yo tricks? Yeah, for the soldiers. Damn. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And then we'd have days off, and I would do like a street show at the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And right. It was awesome. Wow. Yeah, I got to see the whole country in Sicily. So that, you just learn so much from traveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I never went to college, you know. It's right. just like, that's 
Yeah, me neither. <laughs> so, what, why Boston? You had uh... um, Rebecca's from Maine, and actually Jim, like just I remember knowing Jim worked in Boston and it yeah. being really good. That's the same thing for me. Yeah, he would send out these postcards. I think for Christmas. All right. Like him in a Santa beard yeah. on his rollerbola, yeah. but just like massive crowds. Yeah. And yeah, we knew there was a program, so we had the opportunity to live with Rebecca's grandma in, in Gloucester. Gloucester. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. You guys never actually lived in Boston, eh? It's yeah. Like Gloucester and Newburyport and Amesbury and out there in Amherst. Yeah, so we stayed with her for free, and she had, like, a two-level house, so we had, like, a, an apartment, and then we would help right her. Right on the water. It was beautiful. I remember that place. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, we would just help her out, and, you know, it made her life a lot easier, and we got free rent. Right. And worked on her act, because yeah, Rebecca yeah. was a stooge. Right, and and so she'd learned, like, the hula hooping and all that, like, beforehand, or? No. No? Okay. So yeah. It was like, you guys were, like all right, we're going to teach you some tricks, kind of. Yeah, it was just like, when I met her, um, we knew each other for like a week. And then I was going up to Halifax, and yeah. she was going back to Maine, like just for the summer. Right, right. And just the timing, I was like, you should come up to Halifax. Yeah. And so, like, I arrived and drove down and got her. Right. Like, through the night. Right? Like, just drove, like, ten hours. Oh, it's a long way. Yeah. It's not on it's the map, like, it's not a long way. Like, it's like, here's yeah. Boston, here's Halifax, but to get there, you got to drive all the way up through Maine, New Brunswick, yeah. Nova Scotia. It's like, crazy. It's a pain in the ass. It's like 14 hours. Yeah. That is a nice Pretty drive. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she came up, and that was, like, I guess that was 2000. You guys were already, like, a couple by then, or...? Well, we had dated, like, a week. A week. I was like, I'm going on tour. You want to come to Halifax? Yeah, and she, like, said yes, and so... It was kind of like... We were really into each other, and... Yeah, once she came up, we were just, like... We had the best time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I got a bed and breakfast. Yeah. It was just, like, all these amazing acts. Yeah. It was, like, cash. Right, right. Yeah, and (laughs) she's like, what is Loading up on cash. That's uh, cool. Yeah, so Halifax has always been really... I love it there. It's yeah. Awesome. So you guys started there, and then you got, you got engaged there. Yeah, like four years later. Four years later? Yeah. Nice. At the cave. What was it called? Um, the the Pebble. The Pebble. Yeah, it was just like a place. It was like a bed and breakfast. Right, right. What right. happened was I booked one night, and the woman loved us so much. Oh, yeah? She was this cool woman from Ireland. She just fell in love with us, and she's like, I have an attic room that I don't rent. Mm. Why don't you guys just stay there? So no. we stayed there. Wow. This is, like, right when we met. This was, So you didn't have, like, a hotel room from Halifax Buscafest? Um, or they just... You know, it was like a dorm like this. Oh, right, right, right. It was, right. like, yeah. hor- horrific. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just met this amazing girl. I was like, I'm nice. going to get a nice place. And then it, we ended up staying there for yeah. free. Uh, it was cool. really cool. And so, yeah, we went back there. And so, yeah, I proposed to her there. It's yeah. like on a lake. It's really yeah. Cool. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, and so she's in the show at that point, or not not right away, but... 
Um, yeah, so we started with a stooge where right. she'd hide in the audience. I'd bring her up and she'd act like she couldn't yo-yo. And then she and could. And she did like two around the worlds and caught them. Yeah, I remember like, that. Everyone go nuts, yeah. And then we'd go into like a routine yeah. right from there. Yeah. So it's like, ah! Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of this roller coaster. Yeah. But it was fun. Right, it would cool. kill, you know. Yeah. And, and she was doing the hula hoops. Yeah, she got really into the hula hoops, like meeting, you know, all the Australians. Oh, they right. all know how to hula hoop. Right. Like who? Um, I think like Tutti Fruity. Remember right. them? Yeah, yeah. They were really good. Yeah, there's always like a hula hooper at every festival, so she just really worked on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's still doing it. She can do like a four hoop split now. Oh yeah. Like it. Nice. <laughs> and how'd you like uh, doing a double act versus doing a solo act? Yeah, so basically when we moved to Boston, we kind of started working on just doing a whole show together. Yo-yo people. Yeah, just kind of, it was like yo squared at first. Yeah. And then (laughs) it took a while to get, you know, a solid show, but then we started, yeah, booking festivals. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And that, that go pretty easy, like getting the festival gigs? Yeah, I think since we did something different and a male, female. Yeah. It was definitely... Yeah. Got into some good ones. Yeah. It's like Japan and Ireland and South Africa. Yeah. So, yeah, we had a really good run. And then um, we had Theodore in 2009. Theo. Yeah. Rocket. Theodore Rocket. Higby. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, she took a little time off, but kind of got back into the show right away. Right. Yeah. I've always been a big fan of your music cues. No, thanks. Yeah. I mean, you I don't know, you just, it's so smooth. And, like, I've always wanted to, I've got, like, four music cues in my show. Right? Yeah. And it's, like, I've seen, like, in Chad, Wacky Chad, so many music cues. And I love that style. I just, I don't know, I just can't get into it. It's right. It's really hard to get figure it, right. it out. Yeah, to get it right. And, like, I'll try a bunch and, ah, oh, that doesn't work, this doesn't work. So there's right, re- right. I've really only got like a few things that I use in my show, if I use music at all. Like I'm doing street shows, I don't use music at all. I, find I thought it- you were using ACDC for a while. Oh, maybe a while ago, but right. nah, these days like on the street, I find the focus is so hard to keep that something else playing through my amp, I think, it, I, I feel like it steals focus. Right, so yeah, for sure. So when I'm doing a street show, I just do use the mic. Um, just to try and kind of hypnotize the people a little bit, you know. But um, but when I'm at a festival or a gig, I've got like a little playlist, you know. My setup music, this that, a little couple gags here and there, yeah. the grand finale, an outro. But like, but now nah, you're like, I don't know, you got so many music cues. Yeah, it's all so cool. Like, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, yeah, I've had that virtual sound man, which I get made fun of by other performers now. Um, but, but it's works great and I even have a backup that right. I haven't used yet right right so right yeah. I keep using it because I know how to use it yeah yeah. so yeah cool. fading in and out and I think I use like 25 tracks right, right. now wow I remember um, Jim always had the uh, that amazing musical following right his crowd build oh man that was amazing so yeah I thought it's about a- offering to buy it from him oh yeah just because it, you know, it's such a cool thing that he's not really doing. I know. It should be. It'd be great I feel like I could do it yeah. well, but yeah. 
not really like crowd building much as I used to. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. But it is really cool. Yeah, that would be cool to see that again. Because it's like, it's so it's such a cool thing. That, uh, only he did it. I've never seen anyone else do it. Yeah, he used a mini disc, so it was all just like numbers yeah. that he had memorized. Memorized, yeah. And he had a little mirror on the box of yeah. people that were coming. Like, Yeah, right. It's, yeah. Oh, okay. He would get it so good. He's so good at it. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of people didn't get it. You kind of like that. Yeah. It's just this really it would, weird... It would get him a crowd of people that were really into what he was doing. Yeah. And he spent, he spent like 40 minutes playing with that music. Sure. Yeah. Just letting it go. Just uh, just wait for the next person to come. And yeah. everyone in the crowd will just wait. They'd wait for that because they know if someone comes, he's got something funny. Yeah, it's so funny. And they just wait for it. Like the old hippie. Hello, hello. Yeah. Is anybody in there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So funny. Yeah. Yeah, I love music. It's like... Yeah, you're a big fan of music. Definitely. Tame Impala. Yeah. Still your favorite band? Definitely. Yeah? Nice. Yeah, I just did Fremantle and Brandon, um, like a month before, just wrote me this email and was like, considering having Kevin Parker do a DJ set, could you uh, right. do some performing with him? Dude. And I was like, are you kidding me? Wow. Like, I'm the biggest fan. And I sent him the picture of him and, yeah, and yeah. me in New York. And, and you gave him a yo-yo in New York, right? Yeah, so I got to meet the band and go backstage like three times. How'd that that come about? So I just went to see him, and I'd made a Tame and Polly yo-yo. Right. And um, I was itching to get it to him, like, how am I going to get... And so I saw Delicate Steve, who opened up for them, who's this amazing guitarist. And I was like, great set. Um, If you see the band, could you give them this yo-yo? Right. And then, like, the next day, they posted on Instagram. Right, right. Their the bass yo-yo. player, Cameron, he did, like, Rock the Baby and then, like, showed the yo-yo. Ah, it was, wicked. like, 80,000 likes. And wow. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I freaked out. And so I wrote just their manager, and I was like, I'm the one who uh, gave the yo-yo. And they, right. were, they were doing the Boston Calling. Right, right, right. And, um... She wrote me right back, and she's like, Kevin has the yo-yo on his mantle. She sent me a picture right. of the yo-yo in his house, and was just like, it was like the nicest email I've ever gotten. Like, oh, wow. It, yeah, it blew my mind. Wow. And she's like, um, they don't have time to meet up, because I offered to do a free yo-yo show for him. Right. I was like, have yeah. me backstage. Yeah. I'll do a and show. And they were up for it. Yeah. And they're like, we were too busy this time, and... Um, but I still went and saw him, and then, yeah, she just started giving me backstage passes and free tickets every nice. time I could go. Dude. And so I got to meet them at Radio City. Yeah. Just, like, hanging out with them backstage. Nice. It was crazy. That's cool. And then last summer in New York, I got to actually do a show for right. them. And I oh, gave yeah? them the Lee Zimmerman. Right. Kevin Parker puppet. Oh, It was just, nice. like, this, the greatest night. Wow. Yeah, it was That's magic. cool, man. Yeah. Sweet. New York City, where dreams are made. <laughs> yeah, I've always had amazing experiences there. Yeah, yeah. Like, the first time I went, we got on David Letterman. Right. Randomly. Oh, yeah, because you, uh, you were in the line, <laughs> and they're like, does anyone have a trick? Yeah, we just went and saw the show. Yeah. Like, and then two nights later, we were on the show. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, knocked the coin off Rebecca's ear. Right. 
Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it was just like not on TV, but like on like the video that you had or. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because that particular episode we were on had like 10 times the amount of viewers because on Monday they had this kid on. They showed this clip of this kid who fell asleep behind President Bush. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Feet. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the White House the next day denied that it was a real video. Oh. And then the next day they said it is a real video. <laughs> and then on Friday they had the kid on David Letterman. Nice. He was the guest. So, nice. like, everybody was watching wow. the show to see this kid because he was so funny. That's great. And he was really funny like, as a that. guest. You yeah. know, Dave's so funny with the kids. Yeah. It's like. It was hilarious. Yeah. Because, yeah, the kid's, like, falling asleep. And the clip <laughs> is amazing. So, Sweet. yeah, we, we did the trick, and they gave us, like, a free fancy dinner. Right. Yeah. And, like, the microwave popcorn. Right. They yeah, gave yeah, us yeah. the cue cards, like, as he was walking out. Oh, like, handed it. And, uh-huh. you're, uh, like, a few years ago, I, he was on my airplane. Oh, yeah? To uh, San Francisco. Oh, wow. And I, he has the beard now. Yeah. Like, people don't recognize him right. as much. So after I got off the plane, I caught up with him. Yeah. And I was doing tricks. And I was like, Dave, you've Do had you a song. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, he laughed. And he's like, how are things work? Like, how did things work out for you? <laughs> and I was like, actually good. I'm performing in Golden Gate Park tomorrow. Yeah. And that trick has become a Guinness World Record, right? Yeah, the, the coin off coin the year. Coin off the year. Actually, two different ones. So the first time I did it in Spain, I did like 15 coins in a minute and 50 seconds. Wow. Is it kind of hard? Yeah, I didn't really know the trick that well then. Right. Um, And then I did it again in China, and I did it like a two-handed version. Right, right. And I did 14 coins in a minute. Yeah. Sweet. So it was like a different record. Yeah, it's just slightly different. And, like, the record still stands? Um, somebody beat the first one. Right. But the second one, it's still... They want you to come back again and try and do more, or what? Um, the last time I did the Guinness show, I they did, like, a challenge. Oh, yeah. And it was the trick where you do, like, the cloth from the glass of wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the guy beat me. Huh. He was, like, a guy from Taiwan. Right. And ever since I haven't been invited yeah, back, oh, like, no. I lost. Oh. And, you know, I have five, so I'm happy. But yeah. I'd, I'd love that. Because, yeah. you know, it's like the world's tallest man. Right. You're, like, having breakfast, and yeah. there's, like, an eight-foot man. Yeah, right. And, yeah, I had lunch with, like, the world's smallest woman. Oh, like, I've seen that woman. Yeah, yeah. Zoidy. Yeah. She's, like, 19 inches. <laughs> It's oh just God. like her sister carries her. Oh, man. That's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that show She's from so India cool. or something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's cool, man. Yeah, that's definitely been a highlight, doing that show. Yeah. Just yeah. meeting all those Yeah, you get lots people. of like, crazy different TV gigs and stuff, don't you? Yeah, all that Ghana stuff. Yeah. You know, three times in China mm. and Italy and Spain. Yeah. The oh, one in cool. Italy, I did the matches. I lit 18 matches in a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, on the 15th match, I lit it, but the tip of it broke off as well and right. flew into my eye. Oh. And so you can see me, like, cover my eye, and then I finished the record, like... It went in your eye? Yeah, it, like, burned my eye. Oh, so like, man. The rest of the record. Holy crap. Eye. Were you injured? 
not really, but it, you know, <laughs> it's like when you squeeze a candle. Oh. Yeah, you know, kind of felt like that. Like Whoa. it immediately went out. <laughs> Oh, but then they showed it in slow motion. It was like the flaming <laughs> right into the eye. Oh, man. Yeah, it was cool. Crazy. Yeah, and I did that show Time Warp on the Discovery Channel. Oh, yeah. It was that crazy camera. Cla- yeah, slow motion camera. Yeah, it's like 10,000 yeah. frames per second. Nice. So they had me do a bunch of tricks like break the glass and yeah. the yeah. coin and the match. That's cool. You, you don't. You wouldn't travel to go street perform anywhere now. Like, well, back then, even would you go, or would you only travel to go do gigs? Um, just to do street performing. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah, no. I mean, I used to. I used to go travel just to go street perform different pitches, but I, mean, right. I don't do it anymore. Right. I mean, the odd chance I'm somewhere. Like I was in Berlin. I had a few days off this year, and I did street shows, but I didn't go there. I went there for this gig, right. that gig, and I went and did street shows in between. And I do that in Amsterdam sometimes, too. But, yeah, it's, I don't just, like, get up and go and travel to go to a pitch now. Because, I mean, I live in Boston, so right. there's a pitch there. <laughs> yeah, I guess I never did that. No, just we go to Buscafest, New Zealand, Australia, yeah, Canada. Yeah. What about Europe? You ever do any over there? Um... We did Rotterdam, Ireland. Um, that's kind of it. I mean, we did like a TV show in England. Right, right. I did Shrewsbury. Oh, yeah. That was good. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. But yeah, not as much. I'm going to Germany for the first time. Oh, yeah? When are you doing that? September. Cool. So I'm excited. Sweet. I just got back from Germany. Nice. Yeah. It's good, man. <laughs> They, they're into it. Germany's like the new, like, it's, it's going crazy. It's, oh, that's great. Yeah, there's Buskerfest popping up left and right over there. I mean, there's, there's been there ones there for years, but it seems like they're just popping up everywhere now. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do my astronaut finale, and I've got an inflatable Earth now. Nice. That goes out into the crowd. Nice. So that'll be good. We should talk about that later. But uh, how did you get into, like... I mean, you said you were drawing as a kid and that, but, like, making art and yo-yos and, like, prop building and all that, like, that's the whole... That's, like, I feel like you do more of that now than you used to. First, it was, like, learning how to paint with color. Right. So kind of doing canvas and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of opened the world up. And actually, like, learning all the electronic stuff like I built all those control panels yeah. for Theodore when he was born yeah yeah so that got me really into just like switches and LED lights, lights and, and stuff yeah um, and I had that idea of building a giant yo-yo for like 10 years yeah and uh, I kept pounding the handsome little devils to help me and they wanted to build it from fiberglass right from scratch right but I was like, what if we just buy a rolling globe and... Cut it in half. Yeah. Right. And it totally worked. Yeah. So I made two of them with the help of Devil Dan. And so that finally came true. Oh, that that's idea. Cool. Yeah. It's a big thing to carry around, eh? Yeah, I mean, it rolls. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the 24-inch one is 49 pounds. It fits in a base I think you're bag. the only street performer I know that makes two trips to the car. Definitely. I, I don't think I know three. anyone else who makes two trips <laughs> I know, to the ridiculous. car. And for, for a, a yo-yo kit. act. For a yo-yo act. 
I think I saw Patty Bromwell's one year, and he literally had like a suitcase. Yeah, a tiny little like suitcase. A... Yeah. It's just like a few little. Yeah. I mean, look at Zip Code guy. He's got a little the duffel plastic bag. Plastic chain. With plastic chain and three juggling clubs in it. And his brain. Yeah, his brain. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? I mean, yeah. I've been whittling down my kit for years, and I finally got it down to one suitcase, but... It's an art. Oh, my God. Yeah, I could totally do it. Like, And whenever I travel, I have, like, my core show, which just fits in a bag. Yeah. yeah. Like, I can still do 30 minutes yeah. with just, like, a little... Bag of yo-yos. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and music. Yeah. So, you know, it just, like... I'm into it, so yeah. I really like all that stuff. And you made you made like your little table there with all your lights and and your your jacket that smokes. It's like your smoking jacket, right? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, yep. And uh, I made the astronaut suit. You made scratch. the astronaut suit. Tell me, how did you come up with the uh, the the yo-yo astronaut? Um. So I started working at Tour de Fat like six years ago, and it's like um, a circus vaudeville. Um, festival put on by a brewery. Beer, yeah. Um, John and Ann got me the gig. I think the first year I just did like two cities, and yeah, ever since that first show, like I really connected with that audience. Yeah, something yeah. about it. Like yeah. my show just really works. It rocks. Yeah. Like everybody's just drinking beer, but it's not like Budweiser. It's right, like right. A craft it's like beer hipster festival. beer. Yeah. Yeah. And they just love my act. Yeah. Like, I'm always surprised. Um, so, yeah, I just really <laughs> connected, and my show just did really well. And then yeah. um, John and Ann brought the La Tigre tent. Um, and the first year they had it, it was like a 50-seat tent yeah. with a little stage. And um, I wrote the show for that. Like, right. Just doing a little tent. Yeah, it was like 10, 12-minute act. Yeah. And I just wanted something really special. Yeah. And I was just, like, so thankful to them for getting me that gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that place is just magic, that yeah. little tent. And so, yeah, I wrote the show and just was super intricate. Like, it has a rocket that blasts off. Yeah. Rebecca's in a morph suit. So, yeah, the concept is just kind of yo-yoing in space and what it would look like yeah which they have footage of oh yeah right so yeah to create the illusion it's just with a black morph suit and a black background i could throw out the yo-yo it's on a reel yeah and it just it goes looks, yeah, slow. slow motion yeah uh, that's cool so, man yeah and like totally made john and ann cry like the first yeah. time they saw it oh nice and a lot of people Elton would, John. Yeah, they yeah. would say, like, that was, like, an emotional... Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It's cool, man. It is. Yeah, it was yeah. cool. It was really special. No, it inspired me, too. You know, I was like, oh, man, I want to make a show for the the, the mini tents, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, totally. And then, and then you built me all those props and that. Yeah. The spinning rackets, the lights. That show was I awesome. I did the James L. Bones show. That was great. The little guitars and the... And the the piano and everything. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, so I did that. I did that in Christchurch. I did it in Festival in Tasmania. I've done it in Boston a few times. Nice. But uh, yeah, and then you just have it. You know, I just it might I come have up it again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I like. Yeah. yeah. And John and Ann just are so inspiring. They do so many different 
Yeah, they do they so much now, eh? Quest world. It's like... Right. This is totally yeah. different. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I, I always have trouble creating. Like, I'm like... I always want to create, and I don't know what to do. Anything I think of doing, oh, that would be great. And then two days later, I'm like, nah, that will be shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, right. For me, it just, like, starts as a little idea, and then just all the little details start yeah. filling in, and I get really excited. Yeah, yeah. And, my yeah, all my all my shows have too much detail. Hmm. I've basically been forced to create. Whenever I create something new, it's because I'm forced to. Right. Like, uh, when I was on Australia's Got Talent, they needed more material from me. I was like, okay, I need to make a new bit. for, right. And then... Uh, uh, I was doing the college gigs a lot. They wanted 60 minutes. I don't have 60 minutes. I'm a street performer. Right, 30 you know? minutes, right? Yeah, so I could stretch it to 45. Oh, I know. Uh, 60 is so but 60, hard. it's just like, oh, my God. So that's where, like, I, I was like, well, I've always had this idea about the cage, you know? Right. So I got the cage made, da 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 started doing that in the college shows. And now I can do it. But, like, it's, I'm always, like... I have to be forced, you know, right. to think to okay. make something new, you know. Homework assignment. Yeah, it's due. I mean, it's it's different with like the jokes with the stand-up comedy. Like those those just just enter my head, and I'll mm. just go, oh, that that might be a joke. And I'll write it down, and then I'll go, oh, I need to reword it. Like everything you write down first is like junk, right? Until you try it a few times, rewrite it, you know. <laughs> right. um, I find that easy with jokes, but with actual like whole routines and like creating stuff, like it's yeah. tough, man. It is tough. Yeah. I always feel like if I can add five minutes per year right. just to my show, like yeah. that's a good yeah. step. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Now you now you're doing the uh, the underwater. Yeah, yeah. What's that called? Um, I call the show 20,000 Loops Under the Sea. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we've been doing this Cherry Creek Arts Festival um, the past three years, and every year they kind of have a different theme. So last year they had Space, which my astronaut right. show fit really well in. And this year they were, like, looking for ideas, and I just, like, texted them one night, and I was like, how about, like, an underwater theme? Right. And yeah. they just, like... Loved it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Ran with it, and it was Bottom really cool. Bottom of the cool. sea. Yeah. yeah. So I wrote a new show, and everything's in slow motion again. It's the yeah, same yeah. like concept. <laughs> it's like I do my you got the act, helmet. Yeah. But I did change my act. It's all like kind of surfer music right. and like ocean theme. Yeah. And then yeah. no Elton John. No, I use um, sticks. Uh, Come sail a whale. Uh, nice, nice. So yeah, it's really funny. Like Mike comes out. Yeah, you have out. good music choice, man. Oh, thanks. Like you just like it's not just it's not just the cues. It's like the choice of music. You know, like it's hard to get it right. Yeah, it is hard to get it right. Yeah, like the sticks actually, I got last minute. I was right. gonna use another song. Yeah. And then I was like, of course, come say it like the yeah. lyrics. It's like yeah. the, they say all the stuff about the ocean. Yeah. Just like fit perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they made me a deep sea diver suit and same illusion. I've got a car antenna, electric car antenna right. that does the yo yo. And I knock like a 16 foot 
squid's eye out of its socket. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny, and they have like a thousand bubble machines. Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. That's cool. And you can do that in the little tent. I'm doing that on, on the stage. Uh, Sputnik stage, right, which is right. that drivable stage. Yep. And you were telling me earlier you want to do like a little time travel thing? Yeah. <laughs> and have Rocket come out as you? Like. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of the right format, but basically a machine where I go in and he comes out the same exact <laughs> outfit. That'd be so awesome. Or maybe, like, my outfit that's big. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I, it's me that shrunk. Like, right. Like in big. Yeah. Tom Hanks. Because he does look like me a lot. Yeah. But it'd be cool if he did, like, some yo-yo tricks. In big clothes. Yeah. yeah. Just for, like, that moment, it'd be really fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And um and so you, you still I mean you're here in Burlington doing street shows um you you still do busker fests here and there yeah but not uh, not any more street performing really um I guess not as much no and you you're saying you you dropped out of Fania Hall yeah this year I just kind of wasn't really having fun and right. it's like an hour and a half right and it just felt like. Yeah, I'd cancel so much. And right. It wasn't working for you. you guys. Yeah, it just was like, I still love it, and I love all the performers and stuff. But, um, yeah, I found it hard to get crowds sometimes. It was kind of yeah. hit or miss for me. Yeah, it's a long way to come, you know, and then n- yeah, not to be confident show. that it's going to happen, you know. Yeah, sometimes I just couldn't get a crowd. Right, yeah. So I felt like, is it my perspective? Like, I'm just not into it anymore. Right. I'm not excited. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel better. It's just, like, this whole thing that I don't have to think about. It's the weight lifted. So you've got uh, two sons. You've got Theodore, Rocket. Yep, and Apollo Fox. Apollo Fox. He's three. Theodore's nine. Nice. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they're cool kids, man. Yeah, they're super sweet. Yeah. And you live in a wood cabin. Out in the woods. Yeah, we've got five acres. That's awesome. Um, I just I've been working on a tree house. It's yeah, really cool. And what's next? What's next for the Higbees? I'm a little bit hungry for like a um, kind of permanent gig. I love being on stage and how mm. my show looks with like proper lighting. Like right, production. I can kill it. Yeah, you know, production. If it's just the look. Yeah. Because yeah. I do kind of an intimate, small object. Yeah. But if I can illuminate it right, yeah, yeah. like people can really see it. And it it's, makes such a difference. Yeah, yeah, for real. So, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of interested in being in a permanent show. So I'm kind of like putting that out into the universe. Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. And just Vegas. a consistent paycheck. Yeah, you know? yeah. Not having to do all these crazy, like, Traveling. Camp gigs and right, schools. Right, and Driving everywhere. Yeah, and like, oh, we don't have your check. Oh, <laughs> it's just man. a nightmare. Yeah. Like having a family. Three weeks later. Right, yeah. Yeah. You had a pretty interesting gig recently, right? Which one? The school gig. Oh, I did Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook Elementary. That's right. In Newtown, Connecticut. Wow. Yeah. Just random email, like... Not even like, hi, this is Sandy Hook. It was like at the bottom. Right. You know, like the gym teacher at Sandy Hook. Right. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Cool. So it was a really cool experience. It's a brand new school. It's like the coolest school you've ever been to. Did they like knock down the old school? They did. It's on a different footprint. 
Right. So there's just an empty field where the old right. school is that I don't even think they have like a playground or anything. Right. And uh, the school is actually pretty small now. Mm. Like a lot of people moved away. Yeah. So the whole school was like 200 and something kids. Yeah, yeah. And it was huge, you know? Yeah. And just like the layers of security, like there's like basically like three. Like you drive up and there's like a thing. Right, the, go- the boom the, gate. Yeah, security yep. guard. And then there's another, like, moat. And then there's another, a like... moat? Basically, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, a whole, like, gated thing. Wow. It's crazy. Good guys with a moat. <laughs> so, and, yeah, I do... I, I did the show. It was great. And then, like, afterwards, it just, like, hit me. Like, yeah. it went down. Yeah. Like, I kind of think it's, like, the worst thing that's ever happened. Right, yeah. Elementary school. In America. Just the age of the kids. And when it happened, I was doing a school in uh, Harlem. Oh, yeah. That day. Right. And I drove through Newtown. Right, right. Like, that day. And Theodore was, like, the same age as those kids at the time. And I was just like... No, it's close to home. It's crazy. Yeah, that was a crazy gig. Yeah. Well, we got shows tomorrow. Yeah, all right. Burlington. It's been good. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a good day. Thanks, John. Yeah, thanks. That was awesome. High five. (laughs) There you have it. John mentioned his artwork. Head on over to BigYoYoArt.com to have a look at what he makes and see a picture of Will Forte holding a custom yo-yo John made for him. I've also included a link to the Yo-Yo Astronaut Show in the notes section of this episode. This podcast is a labor of love, but we do need sponsorship to keep it going. So if you'd like to become a sponsor of the podcast, contact me at magic at buskerhalloffame.com. You can also visit the Busker Hall of Fame website and throw a little love into our online hat by clicking on the donate button. Or become a sustaining supporter of this project at patreon.com forward slash buskerstories. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help grow this resource and generate more content. Thanks in advance for supporting this project and helping keep busking history alive. Music for this podcast came from 357 Lover. Links to both songs are available in the notes section of this episode on the Busker Hall of Fame website. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend about it and leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. If you'd like someone to be interviewed or you feel a certain voice has not been heard, please reach out to me and let me know. We are doing our best to capture interviews and stories with as many performers as we possibly can. So on behalf of myself, Al Miller, who recorded the interview, Eric Amber, who did the preliminary edit, and the rest of the team of the Busker Hall of Fame, remember... If you can't laugh at yourself, find someone else and laugh at them. I'm Magic Brian. Thanks for listening.